Hello, this is Indigo Radio, a project of the Spark Teacher Education Institute. We are a group of educators seeking to deepen our understanding and make connections through engaging with others in our world and throughout the community. You can find more information about Spark and Indigo Radio on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly shows wherever you get your podcasts. We are on the air every Sunday at 1 p.m. on WBEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and not the radio station. We're going to start our show today with a poem called Water is Life. Water is Life. In solidarity with the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and all peoples protecting the sacred waters of this earth. Water is life because our bodies are 60% water. Because my wife labored for 24 hours through wave contractions. Because our sweat is mostly water and salt. Because she breathed and breathed and breathed. Because our lungs are 80% water because water broke forth from her body, because amniotic fluid is 90% water, because our daughter crowned like a coral island. Water is life, because our blue planet is 70% water, because some say water came from an asteroid, because some say the ocean formed within the earth from the beginning, because water broke forth from shifting tectonic plates because we say our gods created water, because no human has found a way to safely create water, because we wage war over gods and waters, because we signed the UN Convention on the Laws of the Sea, because 200 nautical miles from this coastline is an exclusive economic zone, because we will walk an average of four miles a day to gather clean water and carry it home, because only 3% of global water is fresh water. Because we can't desalinate the entire ocean. Because we proclaim water is a human right. Because we grant bodies of water rights to personhood. Water is life because our water footprint is 2,000 gallons a day. Because my wife says the Hawaiian word for wealth, vai vai, comes from their word for water, vai. Because corporations steal and bottle our waters. Because sugar, pineapple, corn, soy, and GMO plantations divert our waters. Because concentrated animal feeding operations consume our waters. Because they use 660 gallons of water to make one hamburger. Because pesticides chemicals, oil, weapons, and waste poison our waters because we say stop, you are hurting our ancestors because they say we thought this was a wasteland because we say stop, keep it in the ground because they say we thought these bones were fuel because we say stop, water is sacred because they say we thought water was a commodity because we say stop this desecration because they say we thought you were vanishing. Because we call ourselves protectors and water warriors. Because they call us savage and primitive. Because we bring our feathers and lay and shells and canoes and totems. Because they bring their bulldozers and drills and paid permits. Because we bring our treaties and the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Because they bring their banks and paid politicians and lawyers. Because we bring our songs and schools and prayers and ceremonies because they bring their barking dogs and private militia and national guard because we bring all our relations and all our generations water is life because our blood is 90 percent water because my daughter loves playing in the ocean because someday she will ask me where the ocean ends because i will point to the dilating horizon 
because our eyes are 95% water. Because we will tell her that the ocean has no end. Because we will tell her that the sky and clouds carry the ocean. Because we will tell her that the mountains embrace the ocean into rain. Because we will tell her that the rain feeds the lakes and reservoirs. Because we will tell her that the water flows into the Missouri River. Because we will tell her that water connects us to our cousins at Standing Rock. Because we will tell her about their sacred stone of a mother and child. Because we will tell her that the Sioux are still there, still breathing. Water is life because our hearts are 75% water. Because I will whisper to her while she is sleeping, Hanum, 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 my people's word for water so that in her dreams, water will call her home. Um, that poem was about the struggle over um, Standing Rock and the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline from 2016. So this is Indigo Radio. Today our show is about water. I'm Becca and I'm joined by two guests, Dax and Islam. Welcome to Indigo Radio. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Um, we're working together here in Morocco on eco an ecological project that's aimed at building solidarity amongst humans and with nature. And so the focus of our show is very much linked to what we are doing in our daily work here. And I'm wondering, before we go any further, if you all could share a little bit about why you feel this topic of water is important for us to discuss today. Okay, so I think it's important to educate ourselves on what it's causing this issue. It's not just about taking short showers or turning off the water while we brush our teeth, because that only represents 8% of the consumption. So we have to think more about the 70% that goes to agriculture and the 22% that goes to industrial uses. Um, we also have to think, what is water? Is it an economic commodity, a human right, or a public good? We're going to talk about it later, but I think it's hard to make it a public good because the business of water become very profitable in the 20th centuries. Um, for me, water is basically... Um, the um the base of everything in life we are made of water um everything around the world is um managed and like get to to be alive because of water so um in these days and how we are seeing how the water is like um we're running short in water a lot of people does not have access to water and for example in 2016 about 700 million people around the world didn't have access to water and you can imagine now like it's it's a very very huge deal and people are not still not really aware of the the damage that could occur clear if this go any further yeah thank you so much as part of our show today we're going to show some or um, play some clips from a film called flow for the love of water and this film is from 2008 and we will not play all of the film, but you can check it out at a website called documentarymania.com. And so our first uh, clip is connected to what you all were saying. It's about how um, water is essential for life and that human actions are destroying what little clean water we do have. So here we go. More than 2 million people die every year from waterborne diseases. Most of them are children below 5 years of age. We have millions of people in the United States every morning they get up and turn on the tap not knowing that there's rocket fuel in their water supply. 
there's really been a concerted effort to mischaracterize the degree of the threat that's facing us. We have wars going on in the world over oil because of pricing of oil. And if we take the same path with water, that's oil all over again. The world is running out of fresh water. People will do anything. They'll give anything, their life savings, their house, anything for water. Without water, we have nothing. Without water, we have no life. We have no culture. We have no society. We have no economy. Without water, the earth wouldn't be what it is. think about our planet, it is one huge living body because of the water that flows through it. And across the land masses, you can have veins of water and arteries of water flowing. This flows into our ocean, which is the heart of our Earth. And it exhales, it evaporates water and puts water back into the hydrologic cycle, which then again goes up to the mountaintops and again comes down in the form of veins and arteries. So our planet is just one huge living body with water constantly circulating through it, and it is the water that gives it life. We too are like the surface of our planet, 70% water and 30% solid. We too have a heart. We have 60,000 miles of veins and arteries. And just like the earth recycles the water, we have a water cycle within us. The United States does not keep active records of how many people get sick from our water supply every year. There are estimates that from 500,000 to 7 million people get sick per year from drinking new tap water. One of the problems is that we have uh, lots of bugs in the system, viruses, pathogens, bacteria. A lot of those things that you think of as stomach viruses or flus, about 40% of those come from your drinking water. We are not removing things like industrial chemicals, rocket fuel, pesticides, certain pharmaceuticals, drugs that were discharged either by big animal factories or by sewage treatment plants. A lot of people think they don't have to worry about their water supply because they go out and buy bottled water. Well, we have news for them. In fact, a lot of your exposure to many of the chemicals comes from the simple act of showering in them. So some of these more volatile pollutants come in through your skin. There are over 116,000 human-made chemicals. We have no idea how they interact. We are becoming experiments for these synthetic chemicals. And when the liver takes these chemicals out of our bodies, what happens, they get flushed down the toilet. And then they go into the aquifer. And then they go into our rivers and streams. We take the water from the rivers and streams and we put it into our public water supply systems and we're drinking it again. All those pharmaceuticals, all those cosmetics, all the stuff that's in there, you know what? It's changing the chemistry in our bodies and it's hurting us. Welcome back. This is Indigo Radio. That was a clip from Flow for the Love of Water. Um, and I'm just curious what stood out to you all as we were listening to that clip? Islam, you want to share first? Sure. Um, it is. It is actually just confirming what we were saying about water and how essential it is. 
and um, knowing that all kind of wars and all kind of um, crises around the world are based on that says a lot. And the fact that many people are not aware of it and still are, you know, like um, using it carelessly or um, abusing it sometimes is really, really a huge deal. And um, I hope we can discuss more things, and I'm sure that we will, um, about the reasons and like the causes all around the world, because like the three of us came from different parts of the world, and we have um, many things to share about each um, country's struggle, like each of our country's struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that I got from that uh, part of the movie is that usually we know we're ca causing harm, but we don't know what happens after the waste. Like we eat cows, we uh, use our products, we use everything, but we don't think what's going on. And I think we have to start uh, thinking about the water in its cycle. So everything that we waste, it will come back to us later. So even the waste of cows, of animals that we are eating, they go by water. And then the water will evaporate and will come to us again in rain flows. So we are gonna have it again. And we'll start, we have to start thinking about it in a cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, like we think, when we think of water problems, <clears throat> at least in the United States, we're told the water problems <clears throat> are somewhere else in the world, right? They're in the poor countries. They're in the places, the rural areas where people can't get water. But actually, like something that I really appreciate about this film is it draws a lot of attention to the problems in um, supposed, in quotations, developed countries. And that is that we are creating chemicals that are not natural. They are synthetic. And we think that as humans, that we can create synthetic things and that they won't change us in any way or cause any sort of problems or any harm. And it's kind of like consume, consume, consume. And like you said, Dax, like without thinking of the consequences of how that consumption comes back to us. And I'm sure like our bodies evolved over millennium, like millions of years it took for our bodies to get to where they are now. And in just a hundred years, we've produced millions of chemicals that are altering the state of our body and our bodies are not gonna have time to adapt, let alone the land, let alone the water, let alone all the living systems. Um, so I think about that a lot. And I think about the increases of like, this is. This is a public health issue, what we're doing. And Dax, I know you researched a little bit more about the pollution um, of our water. And I was wondering if you could share some of that with us now. Yes, yes, of course. So first, uh, water pollution, it occurs when chemicals, wastes, or other particles cause a, a body of water to become harmful uh, to everybody. So we have two main causes. It can be natural causes or it can be man-made causes. For natural, we have volcanoes. When a volcano erupts, uh, we have ashes. The ashes go eventually to the river and it gets the uh, river contaminated. We also have animal wastes, as we were talking before. We have algae. So that's something important because uh, there is a process called eutrophication, which means that body of water who is still, it will have a lot of algae. And the algae will uh, have a layer that won't allow the sun to come into the water. So it will come anoxic and every living creature there will die. And the last one is the silt. Uh, so that's terrestrial, uh, terrestrial plastic material, uh, mainly clay that goes to the water. So while I was doing this research, I was thinking about the natural causes and volcanoes, we can't control them, but the animal waste, the algae and the silt, it's also because of us. So it's natural, but if we, if we cut a mountain because we need the clay, we'll have the eruption and that er uh, erosion will go to the water. The same with animals and the same with algae. 
But let's talk about the man-made causes. So for them, we have the sewage, um, we have the use of fertilizers, oil spill, and also the waste of factories. So for those ones, I, I had a research here. I went and see for the oil spill, the largest one, which was the Deep Water Horizon oil spill. It was on the Gulf of Mexico in 2010. So this oil spill leaked for 87 days. They couldn't stop it. It was almost three months. So this was the largest oil spill in history. And it was caused by an explosion of a deep water horizon oil ring about 41 miles off the coast of Louisiana. This was by the British multinational oil and gas company, BP. And if we look online for this company, it's not the first time that it occurs because back in 2008 in the Caspian Sea, they had another explosion. And just uh, thinking about the one on Gulf of Mexico, we had 4 million barrels spilled into the ocean. So we have to think about what happened with this oil. It gets to the water and it has um, three ways of, um, to go. So the first one, it's that the oil that gets in the super, uh, on the surface will get evaporated. When it gets evaporated, it'll go to another part of the world, to the mountains, and it will go down by rainfall. So we're gonna incorporate it in our cycle of water. Then the second one is that as we are in the ocean, it will go transported by the current uh, ocean currents and it will go to another part of the world or simply it can sink in the bottom of the ocean. Uh, after all this time, uh, there is scientific uh, who are in this part of the, of the world uh, researching about the uh, mammals there and they still have disease due to this spill. So it's something that goes by time. It doesn't stay there just the 90 days. And I just watched, Dex, really quickly, I just watched a film on Netflix called Mission Blue. And I would recommend people watch it um, because it's about a scientist who just like fell in love with the oceans. And as her life like evolves, as she goes on with her life, she's realizing like from the ocean, like the coral is dying. And one of the reasons like is the oil rigging. Like in the eighties, there was like four or five deep like oil, what do you call them? Deep well oil rigs or whatever in the ocean. <laughs> Now off the coast, even after the spill that you're discussing, there's over 200 in that small area. So they just like keep up, like the disasters are not causing the companies to reassess. They're just figuring out how to like cover it up as a, in the media and continue to go. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, and actually I saw that documentary too, and she was talking about the importance of the corals. So people don't usually know that, but the main source of oxygen are corals. They are the ones who are taking all the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and they're releasing oxygen. So if we just kill all the corals, we won't have oxygen and we can't be in this planet. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. Okay, and the other one that I used a uh, research was about the water pollution caused by mining, which is really big. And we have four different kinds. We have the acid mine drainage. We have the heavy metal contamination, the pollution from processing chemicals and the erosion and sedimentation. So for acid mine drainage, uh, it's when we have this mining operate excavation uh, with large quantity of rocks that contains uh, sulfide. So when we have sulfide minerals and it gets exposed with oxygen and water, we'll have, uh, we'll have yeah. created the uh, sulfuric acid. Once we have the rainfall, it will take this acid and we, it will incorporate them to the water uh, system. It can be in groundwater and lakes and river and streams. And just to have an example, this uh, acid is main when we are extracting coal uh, metals and from sulfur uh, bearing rocks. Um, the another kind, the heavy metal contamination, it results uh, of metals including copper, cobalt, arsenic, lead, cadmium, zinc, and silver. 
So all these chemicals that we are extracting from the ground, uh, we are extracting them, but the uh, companies don't take care of the waste. So even yeah. though they are taking the main sources, they leave sources there, which later is getting into the rivers and people are drinking that water. They don't clean the water, they don't take care of the wastes, and then just local people are getting sick. Uh, that happens also for the pollution from processing chemicals. So we have some minerals like ore that we can take it just as it is. So what they do is that they push water with chemicals as sulfur, uh, sulfuric acid or cyanide to crack the rock and extract the mineral. So when that happens, they just take care of the water going with the chemicals to get the ore, and then they don't take care of the waste. They just let the waste go through the water to the stream flows. And it's getting into the oceans lately. Like it's getting incorporated in us. And the last one is the erosion and sedimentation. So this goes more for the constructions. So we are developing. So we need spaces for houses, for buildings, for everything. So we just construct and also the roads. What we do is that we just crack a mountain and all the clay that is in the mountain, it will get eroded and it will go to the rivers. So we are seeing some rivers, they are not blue, perfect, transparent, but they are with clay, they are dark. And that's the main reason. We are exposing the rock and the rock is getting by the wind, eroded, and going to the rivers. Mm. Wow. You can tell that you're a scientist by training, by the way, <laughs> in your report back. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Esla, any thoughts on what Dak said or connections to what you've been thinking about? Um, yeah, actually, it's um, although I think she she did like this uh, research globally speaking, but um, um, I don't know if she was talking only about like Colombia or something like this, or it is global. It, it was global. So it's the same struggle. I, I can see that it's the same struggle that we have here in Morocco um, of like how people just like um, the, the factories just use whatever it is in nature and throw everything in the river. And that's like that's the what she said before about everything that we do is going to come back to us. So if we abuse something, it's going to come back to us at the end of the day. And that's really, really sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to go to a little song break. You're listening to Indigo Radio. Our guests today are Islam and Dax, and we're discussing water. This song is Climbing Poetry. They are selling the rain. It's time we talk about the weather We in trouble, friends The storm clouds are coming in And I can hear the rumbling of atom bombs That make tsunamis Like a butterfly flapping its wings On the other side of the world Is a tornado in Brooklyn Torrential rain in Jamaica An earthquake in Haiti A typhoon in Vietnam A monsoon in Korea A landslide in India A fire in San Diego Massive flooding in China A mudslide in Chappas A tidal wave in Indonesia Acid rain in Hiroshima It's been snowing in the desert, y'all Something is wrong here The rivers don't run like they used to Stay calm, this is an emergency I tell you if, if I, I knew But the future hasn't said a word to me She's angry that her children won't be born debt free Destiny said man-made curses are her worst pet peeve oh. 
They are selling the rain. They are leasing the rivers. They are auctioning off the oceans to, to the, the highest bidders. As giant chunks of the polar ice cap dislodge from the North Pole and tourists flock to the site to take pictures. There is disaster tourism. Like there's disaster profiteering. Off the torrential storms and the warring. And the wrath of global warming. Who will get paid to rebuild? And who will they build for? Who will endure the drought and the rain? Who will be safe and sound indoors? Who built the missiles? The smart bombs? The rockets? Who gets raided? And who gets paid from whose pockets? Who gets sent off to war? Who dies for whose profits? Who gets remembered? Who's been forgotten? over the pores of the earth to make our lives harder and build buildings to scrape skies trying to get closer to God but move farther our history's been lost to forgetfulness erased by the frontiers of manifest destiny as if Destiny were man-made or manifested in, in the, the hands, hands of colonial planners who build their thrones atop the remains of nations like gravestones. Celebrate Columbus Day with clearance sales to buy up stuff to cover up that which cannot be bought or sold, only stolen like breath or life or home or an entire people who once believed that land could never be owned. And the ocean is worth more than gold. And water cannot be held captive. It will reshape even stone. And even when the last tree stands alone, it still makes a sound long after it's fallen in a forest that lived even if no one saw it and fed the world its breath. Whether or not we applauded One hand clapping sounds a lot Like the rhythms we lost in generations who sang Even as they departed And now we stand at the doorway In the hallway life brought us To this crossroads of lost hope and undeniable promise Where we choose between paths beyond rightness or wrongness That will lead to the brink of the planet's exhaustion Or the age of compassion Where the meek become strongest And re-inherit the earth And redefine progress That was Climbing Poetry. They are selling the rain. And you're listening to Indigo Radio on WBEW LP Brattleboro 107.7 FM. Today we're discussing water. And we just like explored a little bit about how humans are both depleting, overusing our water sources, and also polluting the remaining clean water um, that we have. And we're going to move into a little bit further of how this is happening, why this is happening, and how humans have organized society so that the most powerful have control of the resources. We're talking about how water is being commodified and privatized and then being sold back to the communities which it belongs. Um, so we're gonna play another clip from Flow for the Love of Water. time, people have taken water for granted. Most people don't think about where their water comes from. They just turn on the tap and they expect it to be there. Uh, those days are ending. This notion that we'll have water forever is wrong. California is running out. It's got 20-some years of water. New Mexico's got 10, although they're building golf courses as fast as they can, so maybe they can whittle that down to five. Arizona, Florida, even the Great Lakes now, there's huge new demand. The Nile River doesn't reach its end. The Colorado River, the Yellow River in China, they, for the most part, don't flow anymore to the sea. So this notion that somehow these problems are far away, get rid of that, 
you know, take it out of your head, uh, you know, delete that. We're treating the water resources of the planet with contempt, which is just so stupid because we depend on them. We need water to live. We'll, not, we'll only survive for a day or two if we don't have water. Scientists through decades of study and millions and millions of pieces of data now recognize the fact that we're on the brink of the sixth great mass extinction ever to be experienced on the face of Earth. The fifth mass extinction was the dinosaur age. You know those movies where there's the comet coming at the Earth and all of a sudden the governments of the world say, gee, we thought our differences aren't so big anymore because we're about to mm -hmm. all die? That's really where we are. There is a comet coming at us. It's called water shortage. Climate change is a real problem. Humans are changing the climate. We already see evidence about it. One of the most significant impacts of climate change will be on our water resources. We're going to see a lot of people are going to die because of the floods and droughts and social upheavals that are, that are caused by global warming. What's also tragic is that there's a lot of awareness of that now, but so much of that awareness is then used by corporate interests. Oh, we're running out of so much money in water and it's so terrible how water is managed. And then somehow they make the flip to, oh, we must privatize it. So then we'll use it more efficiently and everybody will be better off. Which is total nonsense, total matter nonsense. It means mainly these people have an interest clearly in, in making money out of selling water to people. There are private corporate interests that have decided that water is going to be put on the open market for sale. It's going to be uh, commodified and treated as any other saleable good. Water is now a $400 billion global industry, the third largest behind electricity and oil. I bought the, the green, I have the blue, and I have about half of the yellow. The market is amoral, and it's going to lead you to taking advantage of pollution and scarcity, frankly, is going to lead you to selling to those who can buy it and not to those who need it. The water sector is, is going to grow at two to three times the global economy over the next 20 years. By buying the companies that source, treat, distribute, and monitor our water supply, um, you're likely to have a pretty strong investment over the next decade or so. People say that, well, water's a lot like air. Do you charge for air? Of course not. You shouldn't charge for water. Well, okay, watch what happens. Bottled water is used by millions of people around the world because they think it's safer than tap water. There is less than one person, according to the Food and Drug Administration, regulating the entire multi-billion dollar bottled water industry in the United States. That means that that poor person does multiple things and one of them is water. The Food and Drug Administration, if you ask them what's in any brand of bottled water, they'll say we have no idea. So that was a clip from Flow for the Love of Water. And at the end, they were talking about how much <clears throat> money is spent on bottled water. Um, and actually the amount of money that people spend on bottled water a year could solve the water crisis around the world if that money was put into infrastructure to help people get access to clean drinking water. Um, and so I just think it's really important that we do, like we are struggling from drought and we'll get into that more a little bit later when Islam talks about Morocco um, and how that affects people. But also this is a man-made catastrophe in a lot of ways. The Colorado River is not running all the way to where it once was. The rivers and the lakes are not at full capacity. Um, but we don't often talk about who's, where that water is going. And it's not only the drought that's a problem, it's also that it's being siphoned and that the water is being like taken almost for free by these big companies and then sold back at a profit. And so it's crazy to me that water can become a $1 trillion industry. Like people are suspecting um, that I'm, I'm referencing an article that I read um, from 2005. It's called Who Owns Earth's Water? 
by Paul Donahue. And the fact is that um, Fortune magazine has dubbed water the new oil. So we've like, there's been a lot of talk around oil causing wars, but like, we're not talking about water also causing wars as, as the powerful in the world are going as fast as they can to privatize the sources and control. Um, and the water's being privatized in two main ways. The first is taking over public waterworks. So that we saw that in Bolivia where um, the IMF and the World Bank came in to give Bolivia loans. This was back in the early, the, the late, uh, I think it was like 1998 when it started. And in order for Bolivia to get a loan from the World Bank or the IMF, they had to sign an agreement that they would give over their public government run water system that provided people water for the whole for the country in actually just one area they gave it over and they privatized it to a company one of them being Bechtel who then ran like a private company was running the public water for the city which meant that the prices went up and so the people who could no longer afford water their taps were turned off and so it was a big people's uprising that became an international struggle, similar to Standing Rock, which we talked about at the beginning. And in this case, the people won in Bolivia. And part of it was like this, um, the privatization of water is part of what led to um, the revolution in Bolivia, which really was fighting privatization on all levels. But the corporations not only are taking over public water systems, um, like municipal city systems. They're also um, taking the water from the lakes and the rivers and bottling it. And so we can talk about all sorts of problems with bottling water. This clip referred to that um, the bottled water is not regulated in the same way that municipal city water. And not a, like, and we can also talk about the consumption of plastic as the problem within this as well. Um, but just alone in Michigan, Nestle is siphoning off water at 250 gallons a minute for basically nothing and then bottling it and selling it back to the community, one or $2 a bottle. So we can understand why the powerful in the world are are fighting for the control of water because there's a lot of profit to be made. And as scarcity gets worse, they're gonna be manipulating the prices of water. Ah, there's less water, which means we can charge more for it, you know? So I was reading earlier that along the Columbia River, or not, not so, sorry, the Colorado River, Wall Street um, has actually started to buy the land around the Colorado River they're investing um, like $20 million in investments right now. And the Colorado River provides water for 40 million Americans. And now that Wall Street is buying up the land in the U.S., if you own the land, you own the water. So they're buying up the land, whereas the water should be for like a human right, is becoming commodified and for profit. And it's gonna be like, we're seeing um, the problems of lessening, like the waters, the rivers running dry. And imagine now when bottled water companies are like pulling the water, they don't care that the waters are running dry as long as they're making a profit. Um, and actually I saw that in uh, Morocco. I went to, Jawa took me to see like this old, um, like a place where him and his family used to go when they were young. It was like a big park with lots of rivers and waters that people took the boats. And there's absolutely no water there anymore because one of the, the bottled water companies has gone directly to the source, to the groundwater, before it even reaches the surface and they're siphoning it into a plant and bottling it up. And I remember asking people like, are aren't people angry about this? And, you know, people know what's happening. 
but the response was they, they feel powerless to do anything. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Islam, if you want to say more or share yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. Actually, I was researching the, this, this matter of how big companies actually do um, take the, the right of people like to use the water that is natural from the Ains and whatever and sell it back to them. And as you mentioned this, actually people in 2018, um, like all ordinary citizens carried out an innovative boycott campaign via social networks against um, three main brands in the country who were like um, taking over all of this, including um, a water company. I don't know. I'm not sure if I should mention the name of it or not. Um, so like it was really, really a big deal that people tried their best and they boycotted like um, a lot of things, including this because the the prices were like the the bills of water and electricity were already high. And moreover, the the bottled water is also getting like like higher prices, which drove people crazy. Yet, after all of this boycott and all of that fight, nothing really changed. Like mm. today, we're still we're facing the same thing all over again, and even worse, I guess. And nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. So people, for for sure, feel powerless in front of such things. Why do you all think that is? Like, I know Islam. We'll have you talk a little bit more about Morocco um, in a moment, but. Something like it's pub. I th I would say generally around the world, people understand that there's a problem. They might like we might have different um, explanations of what the problem is or what's causing the problem, but I think we can agree that clean drinking water is an issue that everyone that affects everyone that we should we all care about. So how, how does the situation keep getting worse and worse? Like the information that we're sharing today on the show is from early 2000s. You know, the film is from 2008. Um, so we're in 2023 now and the problem is getting worse. And I'm curious why you all think that is or what could be done in your opinions. I think more than people feeling powerless, it's because it's not a, that they think, it's because they are. We are powerless. This is, uh, the water, it's, uh, the companies of water have power and they, they profit water a lot. So they don't want to lose the business and they will do anything that they can to not lose the business. That means they will do their best to hide the mistakes. Uh, they will buy institutions, they will buy even estates. We have a lot of problems with water in Colombia too. And um, I'm gonna talk a little bit of Colombia because I'm from there. So I can uh, talk from my experience. And we are one, we are uh, a poor country and we're a poor country, not because we don't have resources, but because companies around the world come to Colombia and take all the sources from them. So I was, we have a big issue there for uh, a lot of, uh, minerals, but there is something that caught my attention and I think we can talk about it here because it's related with water. So we have a mine called Cerrejón. Cerrejón is the largest uh, mine, open pit mine in Latin America. And uh, this is about coal. Uh, this is a company called Clencore. This is a Swiss multinational trading and mining company. It is based in Colombia. It is exploding all of our coal. In that place, this is the north of Colombia. They used to live there a lot of Wayu community. This is indigenous community and also Afro-Colombian communities. They had to move. They don't have an option. They didn't let them uh, pick if they want to stay or go. They had to leave and they are extracting coal. If you want to see a satellite imagery, if you go to Google Maps, you're gonna see and it seems like there is just a hole and it's a big hole. It's really big. And now they have been there for more than 20 years. They are running out of source. So what they did 
it's that they change the course of a river because they wanted to have more space for extracting the coal. So all the communities that are still there, they are not drinking water. The source is getting devastated. It's not just about the water that it's going away, but all the communities, all the animals, the living things that are um, eating, living, and just having their lives thanks to this resource. It's getting wasted. And people there, they talk, they do a lot of things, but nobody, nobody's gonna hear them because this is more about power and money than common, common good. They don't care about people, they care about themselves. And I think this is more global wide. Whenever you go, you see big companies, they are not even the their same countries companies, they are extracting their goods. They go, they don't care about their locals, they just do whatever they want. I think we should do a follow-up show um, about like people's struggles against even not just water, but against like in the face of what seems like they're powerless, there are a lot of examples throughout history and even current today where people have organized and have come together and have like said no and and they've won, you know? And so like um, we were talking Islam about how we're taught like a history where it's like one person is a leader and they they like come and they say, hey, I'm gonna change the world. And they do. And, and so we think we're powerless because we're not, we're not that one person that's gonna get up on stage, but like we're a bunch of maybe nameless people who care about each other. And I think that does give us power. Yeah, definitely. And um, from like a Moroccan perspective too, I would, add, I would like to add, that um, it's not just about water. It's not just about one industry or one problem that we're facing. For example, like um, even the fossil fuels in Morocco, like they're owned by a company. And like this, like the head of this company is now our, like the head of our government. It was elected um, in September, 2021. So literally, it's a power thing. If you are, if you have enough power, if you are close enough from people who are running the country, you you have it. You know, you can run whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with the industry that you have power over it. So if you own um, a company of water and you are actually like benefiting a lot and taking over people's rights of using aims or whatever water resources out there. Um, and bearing in mind that in Morocco, like we have a lot of like a, a large resource of water too. So if you can do this with water, you can imagine how is it bad for other like fields and other issues. Yeah. So you've been listening to Indigo Radio on WVWLP Brattleboro. And we've been talking about water and um, why it's important and what, what, yeah, what can be done. Um, and I think we're gonna go to a song talking about people's power. Calle <laughs> Trece, uh, Latino America, and we'll come back to wrap up our show. Calle Trece, Latino America. And you've been listening to Indigo Radio on WVWLP Brattleboro, 107.7 FM. We're wrapping up our show. So um, 
I just wanted to give you each a chance to share a little bit more of your thoughts. And um, I know we still have lots more to talk about with Morocco. So I'm wondering if we do a whole nother show, <laughs> um, follow part two of our water. Um, uh, Islam, you want to share just a, like kind of final thoughts of from our discussion today and what you want to see happen? Um, yeah, actually we will need another <laughs> episode of, of like the show to talk more about the Moroccan, um, um, like the Moroccan government facing the, like the policies of, of water and how it's like doing efforts and how people in Morocco are affected. But just I would like to mention briefly um, that the drought that is occurring in Morocco today um, is the most brutal since the last three decades because we are like way, way um, like um, below the threshold of water uh, scarcity because the dams are not filled. Nothing is really um, like really doing well when it comes to um, a lot of fields related with water, like agriculture is, is running um, like on, on really um, like the lack of, of water resources now. So um, overall, I would just like to um, say that we have to be all together in this, um, in this uh, matter and gather our efforts to at least raise awareness um, about this um, issue that the world is facing. Because it's everywhere in the world, just like um, this last few weeks, we've, like I think I've been seeing images of the Venice, um, like in Italy, the city, like the city of water. And like, it, it, there is no water anymore. Um, it's all because of climate change and a lot of other men um, caused problems and, and um, abuses. So if we don't stop it now, if we don't do something about it now, it's gonna happen everywhere in the world and we're not gonna have water. And as mentioned in the, the film that we just saw, we won't be able to survive even two days without water. So it's huge. It's really huge. Yes, I think the same just as Islam said, we have to be aware of what is going on. I think people know water is disappearing. We don't have the same amount of source that we had before, but mostly they don't know what is really going on. So the first step is just aware what is going on. That way we'll know what to do about it. We have to stop thinking that, as I said before, if we take short uh, showers, we're gonna change the world. This is what uh, big companies who own the water want us to believe because they don't want us to focus on themselves. So we have to search for the really problem here. And that way we'll be able to do something about it and try to stop this thing to go further because later we won't be able to do anything. There is something called uh, the Agenda 2030, and it's supposed that all the countries have to gather together to see what we are going to do against the climate change. If we don't do anything in these seven years that we have left, by 2030, we won't be able, if we don't change anything, we will face the fatal, um, like the worst part of the climate change in 2015, and we won't be able to do anything. So just be aware of it because we don't have much time left to change. Mm. Thank you both. Um, so part one, part two will air sometime in the future where we'll talk more about specifically about Morocco. We'll bring in other examples. Um, we'll plan a part two, part three, part four, however many shows we need as we continue to learn for ourselves. You know, we're not, Neither, none of us here are, um, yeah, we're, we're part of this, we're part of this problem. And so we wanna be part of um, envisioning a different world, right? Um, so I just wanted to say that March 22nd is World Water Day. And here in our um, 
in our community here in Morocco, we're going to just be having conversations with people. We're planning a little event. And so I would encourage everyone who's listening from wherever you are in the world, it's a start. It's not the final solution, but let's start having these conversations because it's the information's out there. We have the capacity to be knowledgeable about what's happening and start to ask some difficult questions about what, what can be done um, to make this world a better place. And I think we'll find that um, a lot of the problems that people are facing in the world will be connected once we start to really delve deep into the subject of who controls the water and who should the water actually belong to and benefit. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Indigo Radio. Thank you, Islam and Dax for joining us. And we'll be back on the air next month. (laughs) Bye-bye.